G'day and welcome back to the My Peak Podcast. It's great to have you here today. The best time of the year as we lead into the BBL. What's up crew? Exciting episode today. We're going to be talking through all things BBL as we're only a few days away. We're getting excited. Jugs is doing his prep work. He's got Excel spreadsheets out doing Jugs things around this time of the year. So going to bring you a few ins and outs. We're going to be answering a few hot topic questions. So get your pen and paper ready and uh, it's time to talk Big Bash. Yes, we're going to kind of tickle your toes today and get you a little bit excited for the Big Bash coming up. We're going to run through some predicted team lists and knowing that these could and probably will change between now and the start of the tournament. We're going to go through some predictions of uh, most runs, most wickets, play of the tournament, who we think will win the tournament, top five and whatnot. So... If you're out there and you're not vibing the Big Bash after this episode, you're going to be ready and raring to go. What's the best thing about the Big Bash, Cam? I love the Big Bash. It's my favorite part of... It's my favorite tournament to watch, to absorb myself in. I love two main things. I love the time that it's on. Just the fact that you get home and it's on TV every night. If you're lucky enough, you get two games on in the one night. And then I love just because we we watch and we know a few and play against a few of the players as well. And you see them, you get to watch their progression. There's some players that are now that we're getting a bit older that we played with and grew up playing against. And now they're out there dominating the tournament. And then there's some players that you see coming through the ranks and they get their opportunity opportunity to display their skills on the big stage. Yeah, I think... Your first point there, just the time that it's on is brilliant. You never miss a game. By the time you've clocked off, whatever you had to do in that day, you can come home and flick the big bash on. You know, if you're really lucky, Cam, sometimes you get three games in a day. You get the test match, and then you get the doubleheader BBL. So it's a fantastic time of year. It's summer. Most of us are on holidays, Christmas, New Year's. So it is just the best time to be alive. And I can't wait for this version of the big bash. I think this will be the best one yet where... The last couple of years where they kind of tinkered around with a couple of the rule changes. Stinky. And some of them were outstanding and they've stuck with them and some of them, rightfully so, have been put away and hopefully won't return. So I'm hoping that this season of the BBL is going to be the biggest and best yet. Where do you want to start here, Cam? I reckon we run through some of the predicted team list of the for each uh, team, go through some of the players that are playing in uh, each side, whether they were there before or maybe some new signings local players international players some players that were drafted and maybe some players that were drafted and since uh, unfortunately aren't committing and we'll run through each team and then from there we can do our predictions i reckon all right let's start then we'll just in no particular order we'll start with the sydney Sixers. so our predicted lineup obviously schedule uh, this could change depending on signings. The Sixers probably won't change, but a few of the other teams are likely to change. So at the moment, we've got Philippi opening the batting with either Curtis Patterson or Daniel Hughes. Yeah, look, it's a no-brainer for me. I think Hughes is the man to do the job. I think they're both similar players, both fantastic players, but I think Hughes um, probably has the right with the form he's had over the last few years. Um, I know maybe Big Bash hasn't been his necessarily his best um format but i think that he deserves that spot and i think um him opening the batting is the best spot for him yeah i want to see kp there but that's because i really like i really like both of those guys i reckon one of them's going to miss out unfortunately because then it leaves vince at three henriquez four silk five 
Christian 6, Kerr 7, Abbott 9, or Abbott 8, sorry, Dorcious 9, uh, then Chris Jordan, the International Pommy uh, 10, and the great man, Soxie O'Keefe, to so, round out the 11. So you think Kerry will bat lower than Christian? Oh, uh, well, I think 6, 7, 8, or even 5, 6, 7, 8. Mm-hmm. Very situation-based. I do think Christian... Yeah, it is a bit. I do think Christian will bat in front of Curry at this stage. Mm. In the future, Curry will prove himself as a... Well, I think he's, a, he's actually a batting all-rounder. Mm. And this team, he's been a bowling all-rounder for the first couple of years. It is... Uh, oh, it's only been last season was when he announced himself, mm. really. Mm. So that is the Sixers. Then there are a couple of players. you either got Husey or KP, whoever misses out. You've got Jackson Bird and Todd Murphy, another mm. guy that could feature especially with uh steve o'keefe at the back end of his career and likely to miss one or two games here and there through injury looking forward to see murphy playing the big bash this year he's sort of burst onto the scene the last few months and bowled really well um in that warm-up game for the west indies and i think there's a lot of skill about the way he operates he he reminds me a lot of um of nathan lyon with his consistency but he's a little bit quicker through his action and Probably a fraction flatter, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes in the shorter format. Yeah, I think they'll definitely give him a game, whether it is resting sock or whether they play two spinners, because they don't have anyone else that can bowl any spin in that lineup. So I look forward to see Murphy play. All right, let's move on to the Sydney Thunder. Mm. So at the moment, their lineup we've got Alex Hales opening the batting with Jilksy, we've got Sanger three, Russo four. Ross, 5, Ollie Davies, 6, Daniel Sam, 7, Ben Cutting, 8, Chris Green, 9, Nathan McAndrew, 10, and Faruqi, 11. Yeah, bloody long batting order, really. Yeah, like yeah. When you see McAndrew, who has scored great hundreds and has really proven himself with the batting, sort of the Marsh Cup and, and other things like that, for him to be batting 10 is just phenomenal. So... Yeah, there's definitely a lot of um, a lot of batters in that lineup, a few all-rounders. So I think that is that's actually quite a strong team as you read it down. Yeah, absolutely. I when I was putting this team together, Ross was the last guy I put in there. He kind of like I reckon they're a better team without him. That's a bit harsh, but I reckon they could find uh, someone else to fill that role because at the moment he's batting five. And him and I think Russo is like a better version of Ross. They're different players. Ross is obviously a gun against spin. But then you've got Davies sitting right behind him, who I think is the best player of spin coming through. So I would would love to see like Ollie be batting five and have someone else perhaps Mm. batting six or seven that can rotate with Daniel Sams. But at the moment, they don't really have anyone on their roster that can slide into that role. Batting order is so long. Sam six, cutting seven... Well, you at know, the moment, they're seven and eight. Yeah, but if you're getting rid of Ross and moving yeah, those yeah. guys up, I'm totally happy with that. Their best team is probably moving Ross out, everyone jumps up one, and Tanvir comes in somewhere yeah, yeah. 10 or 11. That's probably their best lineup. I'm hoping Tanvir can sort of feature at some point, but we'll see how that goes with his injuries. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, I left Tanvir out because he's currently injured. They reckon he may catch the back end of the tournament, hopefully... Uh, hopefully we do see him. I do agree. I think once Tanvir comes in, he's likely to take a batter's spot in that team. Beautiful. All right, let's move on to the Renegades. So I've got Martin Guptill opening. I'm not 100% sure if he's here for the start of the tournament or the back end of the tournament, but Guptill will open with Finch. Madison, three. Harper, 
four. And then I've got Harvey or Jake Fraser-McGurk at five. Then John O'Wells, six. Andre Russell, seven. Sutherland, eight. Richardson, Rogers, and Majeeb are the bowlers. It's not. It, it's a much, much better um, Renegades team than the previous years. I think Wells is probably batting one spot too low. I'd like to see him bat five in that team. Um, I think the more time he is out there with those younger guys around him, like the Harpers, um, Harvey, Fraser, McGirt, the better. If he can sort of be that other person down the other end, batting in that five position rather than that six. Um, I just think five is a slightly different role to six. Yeah, I think I'd if, have him at five too. I yeah. don't know why I've stuck him at six. I just think that that six role is very much a power role with that number five is very much a take a deep role, rotate, strike well, um, pick your pockets, hit boundary where... Um, where it presents itself. So that's the only thing I'm changing there. I like what the Thunder and Renegades have kind of done similar things with the players they've gone out and uh, acquired. They've, the Thunder have got like Riley Russo, the experienced international that has played on some of the biggest stages. And then you've got the Renegades have got Jono Wells. And both of these teams have got really, really bright young teenage or early 20s batters and now they've been able to place a couple of older and more experienced batters that can um, teach them guide them you would see i reckon if them two are batting together if wellsy and harper or wellsy and mcgurk or russo and sanger or russo and davies are batting together i think they're going to bring the best out in each other so i think that's a couple of really good signings there person you've left out there which i'd love to see in that lineup is menenti no He's not in the Renegades team. No, no. Strike as well. Oh, I thought yeah. he was in the Renegades team. No, no, no. We'll get to that later on. He would be there if he was in there. Jeez. Have you got him in the Strikers team? I've got him down there. Yeah, we'll get there. Oh, wow. All right. Let's move over to the Stars. Now, obviously, the big news out of the Stars is that Glenn Maxwell, unfortunately, just had a little trip over at a party, which was has resulted in a broken leg. <laughs> so that, that's a massive loss. It's a com- obviously a massive loss. It's completely different team. But I reckon they compiled a team that was heavily around Maxwell that could have gone deep into this tournament if mm. he was there. Mm. Anyway, the team at the moment is Stoinis and Joe Clark will open. I've got Larkin, Cartwright and Burns as the middle order bats. And I've got Webster. Is kind of the guy that can bat seven and bowl a few overs. Kootenile, mm. and then the Pommy Wood, and then Zampa, massive signing of Trent Bolt, mm. and Brody Couch as the last bowler. Mm-hmm. Some top-line bowlers here. Yeah, like their bowling, bowling lineup attack. is is proper. Stoinis there with the bat, he's going to have to do some massively heavy lifting um, because I just don't see any of those other batters taking the game away from the opposition. Yeah, Joe Clark can. He did last year, but yeah, the expectation on Stoinis this year. Mm. Imagine you had Maxi batting four in that team. That was... It's a totally different team with Maxi there. So yeah, unfortunately, the Stars they're gonna be yeah <laughs> a few runs shorter. I think with that lineup, um, but with that bowling attack, you never know. Yeah, they're also a bit. If one of those batters gets injured, they're in a bit of trouble too. <laughs> they're in a lot of trouble, actually. Well, let's get on to my, well, the team that I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, I think a year. lot of people are really looking forward to this team. So at the moment, we have the top three are Wade McDermott, Short. I've got him in that order. 
Perhaps you would open with McDermott and Short. Perhaps you'll open with Short and Wade. Could be, I'm not sure what um, order they're going to go. I've got Wade and McDermott opening at the moment. Then Short, then Ali in the Pakistan and combine him with Khan at, th- at four and five. Tim David at at six, yep. And then Ashraf at seven, the bowling all-rounder, also from Pakistan. Joel Paris, Nathan Ellis, Riley Meredith, uh, the main quicks. And then you have to slot one more quick. At the moment, I've got Billy Stanlink in there. Jeez, Not- I, I really think Jewel is stiff to miss out there. The form that that bloke is in. Yeah, where do you put him in? Yeah, though? it's hard. I think they'll find a spot for him. I no, think they will. You just can't. You can't because they're they're a bowl. They're they're a bit light on bowlers. Oh no, they're not. They've got heaps of bowlers. I reckon they'll find a spot for him, but we'll wait and see. I, I just think that te- they've got depth as well. That team is, in my opinion, up there with the best um, in the tournament. Um, I've got a few of my picks later on coming out of the the um, Hurricanes lineup for most runs, most wickets. It's such a well put together side, isn't it? I think they're only there's two things that are going to stop them from playing in the grand final this year. The first one is an injury to one of their bowlers. So two or three on that list at the moment, you've got Joel Paris, Riley Meredith, and Billy Stenlank, who have been injured nearly every BBL season for the past few seasons. If one of those goes down, unfortunately, at the moment, they might have some replacement players coming in. At the moment, they don't have much depth. Mm, That's fair enough. Now, the other thing I'm a bit worried about is Shut Up Khan only plays the first half of the tournament, I'm led to believe. So when he goes, that's a massive hole in the team because he's playing two major roles in the side. He's your, he's your number one spinner, and then he's also batting in your top five. So it's a hard player to replace. If you want to bring in a spinner, then you're going to be a batter light. So that's where you might have to bring Jewel in and then rotate one of the one of the quicks might miss out and bring in maybe um parker or another spinner perhaps they've got down there i like you thinking there jugs all right let's move on to the mr consistent team of the whole big bash since it started is the perth scorchers mm, and another great lineup from yeah. the scorchers they're going to go very well again this year a proper team once the finals come around and the test players come back look out but mm. at the moment we've got sultan and bancroft opening the batting you got the Bison, Mitch Marsh at three. Mm. Inglis, Turner, Hardy, Ashton, Agar, Richardson, Andrew Ty, Barrendorf, and Peter Hatzoglu. Yeah, that's a phenomenal lineup. It's a good lineup. <laughs> it's a proper line. There's some guys in there that are so underrated too. Even like when I was putting the team together, I was like, oh, who opens with Salt? Bancroft's like, his numbers in the Big Bash are unbelievable. Yeah, Bancroft's a very good player. I think... He almost goes under the radar a little bit in all forms of cricket. Every time I flick on the Cricket Australia app, Bancroft is amongst the runs again. So I think he's going to be a bit of a rock up there. Uh, he, I think he complements Salt really well. I think that's going to be a really good opening partnership. Just have a look at this team, the Scorchers, and then flick your eyes over to the Sixers team and look how similar they are in terms of... Roles. Roles, yeah, exactly right. Roles in the team, they're so similar. They've got, like, Salt and... Philippi, I think Philippi's a much better player than Salt, but they're kind of similar. Then you've got your Bancroft or your Hughes and Patterson. Mm. Then you've got your your Mitch Marsh and your Henriques. Henriquez and Vince. Then even you've got experienced all-rounders for that. For the Scorchers, that's more like your Agar, a spin bowling all-rounder. Then you've got like uh, Christian and Abbott for the Sixers. Like mm. 
gee, it's just such a similar put-together team and there's no wonder they've had so much success. Mm. When you think of both of these sides, you can just see the roles every player plays for each team. I think there's a clear standout top three or four teams yeah. um, in this tournament so far. Absolutely, I'm with you there. All right, let's move on to the Brisbane Heat. Now, this was a side that I actually struggled to put together. I wasn't sure who was going to go where, but at the moment I've got... Well, we've got Renshaw opening up with Bryant. Mm. Then we've got Munro, Billings, Heaslett, Pearson. Then the bowlers are Basley, or Baisley, I should say, Nessa, Bartlett, Steckity, and Swepson. There's a lot of individual talent in this team. I'm not sure how they're going to be able to come together. I just don't see the Heat you know, giving all that much of a shake in the tournament. But there, I, I do think there's some real talent in that side, and there'll be some really good... Innings and bowling performances come out of this team, I think. Yeah, I do like... The bowling attack's good. You've got Steckity has been very underrated with the ball in the big ba- in all domestic cricket, to be fair, but in particular, the Big Bash. Uh, then you've got Nessa, again, someone that's just... He's probably more suited to the longer format, or he definitely is, but still a classy bowler. Then you've got Bartlett. Hopefully, he gets a better role in the team this year. You saw him bowl the first over <laughs> last year and then that rule where he got subbed out, whatever that rule was called. Then you've got Swepo. Hopefully, I think Swepson plays a big role in the success of this team. If Swepo finds his best, he can be a bowler that they all move around and can do really well. But if he leaks a lot of runs, it's going to put a lot of pressure back on the other bowlers and perhaps guys like Baisley who are inexperienced yet talented to be bowling a lot of the overs at important parts of the game. I think this opening partnership will actually do quite well. I think Renshaw is um, really just finding out how he plays his game. I think he's been relatively consistent. Uh, I think he seems to be high on confidence. He's starting to be more positive in his stroke play. I think he'll go really well. And I actually think Maxie Bryant's had a little bit of form of late uh, in the middle order in the Marsh Cup. I think he'll be taking a lot of confidence into the big bash. Mm. Uh, getting back to his more natural game where he can just swing through the line of the ball with a with a hard new ball. Um, I think if these guys get off to a good start together, um, there'll be a lot of confidence in that opening partnership. And I actually think they'll do quite well. A bit of a surprise package for the opening partnership there. Yeah, yeah, I do agree. I, last year when Renshaw went to the strikers, I was exactly like you are at the moment. I was like, this is exactly what he needs. He's just been at the heat and he's kind of been underused, underutilized. He's... Hopefully the strikers stick him at the top of the order. He's going to be really successful, and it never really eventuated, unfortunately. But now it's funny. Now it's completely opposite to what I was positive about last year, and I'm positive about it again. <laughs> but um, hopefully, yeah, they've got really good plays of spin. Only Bilbo only plays the first part of the tournament, but Munro, Billings, three and four, that's like two of the better spin batters in the tournament. And you look at some of the other teams and some of their strengths of spin. So if you combine a good bowling attack with some middle order, top order batters that can play spin really well, they could be, they could be. I reckon they might be a little bit of a surprise packet. Once Billings goes, I don't like their chances, but I reckon they might surprise you with a few wins in the early part of the tournament. Yep, I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Cam. All right, now we've got the last team is the Adelaide Strikers. So... At the moment, we have Short, Matt Short, that is, opening <laughs> opening the batting with Chris Lynn, the big signing for the Adelaide Strikers, picking him up from the heat. Got Weatherald, then we've got the Hose, 
I'm not too sure if that's the right way to say his name, the Pommy. Then Kelly, de Grondholm, Rashid Khan, Nielsen, Thornton, Siddle, and Conway to round out there quick. So we've got now their players that I've got listed down there from 12 to 14 are unbelievable. You've got Boyce, Agar, Menenti. So Menenti probably finds his way into this team, but it hasn't Definitely. been announced yet. So I left him out for now. And then you've got Gibbo, the great man, or Ryan Gibson down there too. So this is a side that at the back end of last year, they figured it out. They figured it out off the back of their bowling attack. They picked four quicks and Rashid Khan. And then they used um, Matt Short to bowl a lot of their overs too. Even especially in the power play. Yeah, in the power play. So I'm not sure if that's what they're going to go. I mean, three quicks they picked, not four. They picked three quicks. Khan and used um, short. So I'm not sure if they're going to adopt that same tactic this year or if they're going to use Menenti as a, another spinner and go Menenti and Khan. They'd bowl really, really well together. And then short will obviously not get as many overs with the ball. Well, yeah, look, um, their bowling attack is sneaky. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got Boyce and Menenti who are both proven spinners in the big bash, currently not in that lineup. You've got Agar, who I think a couple of years ago could have Done. even been. Player he played for Australia, yeah. Um, so I still think he should be in that team, to be fair. Exactly right. So, look, their bowling's sneaky good. Um, I think if they can get the uh, matchups right, depending on the day, pitch conditions or um, Best conditions spinner in the, the world. ground. <laughs> Grondheim bowls. He's, like, it's a good bowling attack. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's going to be good. But it's just, are they going to have the runs in them? Yeah, that's 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 the issue. So I there's see. a few queries here. First of all, you got Matt Short off the back of a... Um, like the second year syndrome had a breakout year last year he was almost part of the tournament last year then you've got Chris Lynn who's only playing half the tournament plus obviously coming off the back of basically two disappointing seasons now then you've got Weatherald who has been kind of like just thereabouts for a couple of years now then you've got some guys that we don't really know a lot about so yeah if they I in the past, I've been guilty of knocking the strikers, though, and they've proved me wrong. They proved me wrong last year with carrying the momentum from the back half of the year into the finals. They should start this year with a lot of confidence, but I just think they might be outclassed uh, when it comes to the batting department. All right, well, now it's time. I think we try and name our finals cricket, our top five. Yeah, so top five. You want to go from five up so you announce your fifth i'll announce my fifth and away we go oh okay we can do it like that. you happy with that jugs i'm happy with that he's happy with that all right i've got in at fifth and this is so sneaky and it could come back to bite me because they could run last but i've got the brisbane heat to run fifth i don't mind that honestly i mean i don't i don't think they'll sneak into the finals but if it happened i wouldn't be massively surprised i don't mind that jugs i've I've got the Renegades sneaking into fifth place this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think don't it, mind that. I think they just need... It's their turn to have a bit of luck as well. Mm. I just would love to see the Renegades go well this year. I think they've got the team to do it. They've picked up some really important signings that I think balance their team really well. I think Finchie being there all year, just you know, even if he doesn't score any runs, having his brain is going to be incredible. So I think the Renegades will do quite well. Yeah, I've left the Renegades out of my five, but I think they're... They were a side that I was tossing up between them and the Heat, actually, for fifth. So they've, I think they've finally picked players that are going to suit their conditions. Um, Liam Livingston's obviously not there, which is a big loss, but I think they've picked 
players that when they get to their home ground at whatever it's called with the roof Marvel Marvel Stadium I think they've picked a team that can play on the, that wicket really really well alright let's do our number four Mark. number four I've got the Sydney Thunder mm, it's a good number four but I think there's four standout teams and depending on how the tournament goes momentum and injuries it could it could sort of go any way in that top four but if we're playing it off percentages I've got Thunder in at number four as well oh both got Thunder in at four I do agree. I think there's a clear standout top four. I think there's a clear standout top three, though. Mm. And in third, I've got the Hurricanes. That's good. Uh, this is, for me, where it gets a little bit tricky. I I want to see the Hurricanes do really well, and I really think they're covering you know, all parts of their roles here in this team. Um, I've got the Hurricanes at three as well. <laughs> so we've, got, we've nearly got the same all the way through. Oh, no, it depends what order you've got, one and two. Mm. So at two, I've got the Scorchers. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> I've got the Scorchers at two, but I think, um, yeah, as I said, depending on you know how the tournament goes with you know players' momentum and who's available and players coming back and things like that, um, just you know playing it as, as we said the teams today, I think the, the Scorchers are good enough to be in the final. Yeah, and at one, that leaves us, I hope you have anyway, the Sydney Sixers. Yes, I do. <laughs> I absolutely have the Sydney Sixers there. Proven contenders, um, phenomenal lineup, balance is incredible, coach is world class. Um, I think they just tick all the boxes, and I think they'll go really well again this year. Awesome. All right, let's name our grand final. Yeah. Now, I actually have the Perth Scorchers winning the grand final and beating the Sydney Sixers, which pains me to say, but I, I just think once the Scorch, once this test series is done, the Scorchers, <laughs> their lineup is going to be phenomenal. Well, Imagine watching Cam Green play in the Big Bash. Oh, my God. Well, we're not making for any debate here, Cam, because I've got the exact same scenario. No way. Yeah, I've got Sixers and Scorchers in the final with Scorchers pipping them at the post. With Scorchers batting first and scoring 181, <laughs> and then the Sixers being eight down at the end of the 20 overs for 173. Wow, that's good from you. And who gets player of the final? Wow, that's a great call. I'm going to say I, Cameron I Green. Yeah, you're going to give it to Green, I'm going to yeah. give it to the Bison. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Imagine, Jesus, imagine Bison and Green batting together. And then you got England. Oh, it's a good side. Well, let's roll through a couple of our predictions for this year. We'll go through most runs, most wickets, player of the tournament, bit of a surprise package, and then best pick up both international and local player. We'll start with the most runs. Yep, so most runs, I've actually got Marcus Stoinis. I reckon, like we said earlier, no Maxwell. Stoinis is going to step up. Now, it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of expectation, and we know what that can do to players from Shane Watson's book. But I think if there's a, mo a man that loves the moment and loves to stand up and do it for his team, I think Marcus Stoinis is going to be the leading run scorer. That's a good prediction. However, I just think if those guys aren't playing in finals, um, I just don't... I think he'll be there and thereabouts, but I, I just don't think he'll end up being... Do finals count towards the most runs? Yeah, I don't know, but I just think if he was the leading run scorer, they'd be a little bit closer to the finals than where I've got him in the ladder. Um, down at six or seven there. So yeah, I know. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. I think for me, I it was a bit of a toss of a coin. Actually, in the same team, both opening the batting, 
I was um, flipping a coin between Wade and McDermott, oh. <laughs> and I've actually gone with McDermott for leading oh. run scorer. And you know what? It was hard, but Cam's mentioned it before, going off Shane Watson's book, I've trusted my gut. <laughs> On your water. Yeah, I don't mind that. that. That will take me to a couple of my answers a little bit later on there. What McDermott's had some outstanding innings the last couple of BBLs, but he's hasn't really strung some consistency together. The way he plays, you don't want him to be... Well, obviously you do, but you're not going to expect a lot of con- consistency. But if he was to string a season of leading run score out, that's <laughs> that's going to be some <laughs> unbelievable cricket to be watching. So and don't mind that one at all, Brandog. All right, let's move on to most wickets. Now, going back to your... Hobart Hurricanes. I am bullish on this. And You're not. There's a couple of reasons this is going to come to life. You're not. I've picked Nathan Ellis. <laughs> he has. For two reasons. One. I like it. You can honest. just see the story playing out. Australia didn't pick him in their World Cup team. I wouldn't have picked him in the team either, but didn't pick him in the team and everyone's going, oh, you know, we've got Ellis there. He's our Sam Curran. You can just see him coming out this tournament and being the leading wicket taker and sticking his hand up saying, yep, I am actually here. And the second thing, I don't think the Hurricanes, like, they have had a bowling attack quite this strong in terms of spin and pace. I think Shadab Khan's going to be really good for Nathan Ellis. And Shadab Khan bowling through the middle middle to later stages is going to do wonders for Nathan Ellis' skills to really come to floor at the back end when he's closing out the innings at the death. So I really think Nathan Ellis is going to take the most wickets. I'm quite bullish on that. I think that's a better choice. I think the Hurricanes will be there and thereabouts come finals time, so I can see Ellis doing well across the tournament. I think his confidence is going to be sky high. He's had a lot of time in and around the Aussie setup, which has only probably improved, uh, one, his mindset, but two, his skills. So I like that, Cam. I've gone to the team that I think will play in the final, which will be the Sixers, and... Again, I was actually going with another flip of the coin here. I had Abbott in there, but I also think Dewarshus is going to have Ooh, a good tournament. There's a different one. So I've flicked the coin again, gone with the gut, and I've actually gone with Dewarshus for leading wicket-taker this year. When you said sixes, I thought you were going to say Abbott because I was actually tossing it up between Abbott and Ellis, and then you said sixes. I've gone, oh, he's gone with Abbott. But to go with Dewarshus, that's brave because Abbott is their strike. Well, that's where I've gone from. I think Abbott is going to be highlighted by most teams as the danger man, which opens up a lot of opportunity for Dewarshus down the other end. Yeah, I like it, I like it, I like it. All right, let's move on to a little bit of a surprise packet. Mm. Now, this is a player that perhaps isn't on your radar, perhaps is on your radar, but they're just thereabouts. They're there each year. This is going to be a player that we think is going to stand up and have a good tournament. Have we got the same player? I've got two players I've got two players too as well. My first player is Ollie Davies from yes. the Sydney Thunder. That is my first player also. And my second player is Aaron Hardy from the Perth Scorchers. Okay, I've gone with Renshaw for my second player. So I just think either one of those three are going to have a cracking tournament. Yeah, I think Hardy, I really like the role in this team. If he does bat six and bowl two to four overs, I think it's a really good role for him to show his skill set. He's killing it in domestic cricketing, shield cricketing, um, the Marsh Cup, I think. Last year, I thought he was going to be his breakout year. I had him in my Supercoach side for a little while there, but he never really got the opportunity. I think this year will be his year to shine. Mm, I like that. I I still think Davies is the number one pick for me. 
where he bats just suits his style of play so much. He's a fearless player. He'll be facing a lot of spin. Um, I can see him doing really well. I think he sort of missed out on a bit of cricket, um, especially at the start of this year. I think he'll be chewing at the bit to get out there. He's just such a vibrant personality. I think he's going to be loving every second he'll be out there. And when you're happy and positive, performances are usually pretty close by. So I think he'll have a cracking tournament this yeah, year. Yeah, I can't wait to see him play. All right, let's move into our pickup of the uh, for the tournament. And we'll start with our local player. All right, well, I think this is a massive no-brainer. I think this is exactly what this team needed, a proven player. Oh, we've got and the same player. Surprising... Uh, you know, surprisingly, if you check the statistics, I think in the top three run scorers for the last few years, um, I've gone with uh, John O'Wells. Yeah, we've got the same player. Well, so I thought I was going to be sneaky there. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. There hasn't been too much change between local players, to be fair. So didn't really narrow it down too much. But And I, you know what? If I had to actually pick another one in that team, I think Tom Rogers is a really good signing for the Renegades <laughs> too. I actually think he's gone really well at the start of this year, and I yeah, think yeah, his confidence is, is going to be high. I think he's going to have a really good tournament down at the Renegades as well. I just really love Wells for the role that he can play for this team. Again, like I said earlier, they've finally picked players for their conditions. I think John O. Wells is exactly what they need when they play at Marvel Stadium. We know that the pass score at Marvel isn't 200. Mm. You don't need blokes there that can hit 50, not out off 25, 20 balls. John O. Wells, I had him six, but he will bat five. He has young guys around him. He's got a couple of big dogs at the top of the order. Hopefully, they get off to a good start. Wells will come in, do his thing. Like you said, he's, when you told me that stat actually last Big Bash, I actually didn't believe, me. Didn't believe you and had to look it up. That he's I actually think he was second of all time. Or something yeah, and he had the best average or something, I think, as well. So talk about a bloke that... It's it's funny, like he what he's done, like you compare him and Silky mm. and... My mind straight away says I'd rather have Silky, and I, I still think I would rather Silky because of other reasons. But the stats and the numbers and everything else show that Wellesley's been more successful, but it's just because Silky does it in a successful team a that stands team. out a lot mm. more than what Wells did for the strikers the last couple of years. Good point. Good point. And the strikers, they're going to miss him. They I've, got, are. I've got strikers running last, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, well, what about our best international pickup? Yeah, I've got two guys here. I've got Trent Bolt, number one. I just think he's going to blow blokes' shins off this tournament. And he's exactly what the stars need. I mean, you could say that about any team. Like, who wouldn't want Trent Bolt in their team, opening the bowling? But the stars, just to have a strike bowler that A, can take wickets up front in the power play and B, close out games at the death. I think it's just something they haven't had in the past. I can't remember the last Stars bowler that could do that for them. So I think it's just a phenomenal signing. I think he's here for the whole tournament. I'm not 100% sure. I hope he is. And he was one that I was very close also being the leading wicket taker. Yeah, Bolt is my number one pick as well. Um, And I actually think his role is going to help other people play their role so much more effectively. Oh, no-brainer. Um, you know, having guys like Coulter Nile to be able to bowl through the middle instead of having to be their strike bowler, having Zampa to be able to bowl at a middle order instead of the top order. Yeah, Zampa's um, a big one. I just think that Bolt's going to be such a crucial role in that team. And this is why I think the Stars, you just never know how they're going to go with this bowling attack. It's such a world-class bowling attack. Bolt, yeah. I think, is the number one bowler in ODI cricket. 
he is going to be phenomenal for the Stars. And Number why, one bowler. That's a big call. That's why he is my number one international pickup. All right, who's your number two there? Don't have a number two, but I would probably go with... Off the top of my head. I would go my Khan. number two. Oh, Rashid. Or Shadab. Shadab for the... Uh, Scorchers. I mean, Hurricanes. Hurricanes, yeah. yeah. I've got number two, Riley Russo. Oh, okay. I just, like I said in the Thunders preview, you've got Sanger three, Russo four, hopefully eventually Ollie Davies five. Mm. I just think, and then even like Jilks up the top, another younger guy, if Hales misses out early, and you've seen that in the past when Hales does get out early, that even when they had Uzi and then when they didn't have Uzi, they sort of, it's a lot of pressure on a lot of younger guys. And then you've got it, the flow on effect. You've got Daniel Sams coming out in the 11th over maybe and, He's walking out. Do I hit my first ball for six if it's there to hit, or do I have to bat and face thirty balls? Like it just, I think Russo can a help the younger guys that are there with him at the time, and the flow-on effect down the innings when you've got blokes like Cutting, Sam's, um, even like you said, Green and McAndrew can bat too. Mm. I think it's such a good signing for that team. I'm really disappointed that Willie withdrew from the tournament because I think he would have also helped. It would have been like a double punch, but I think Riley Russo, even if the numbers don't show it, like he's hit a couple of international hundreds. He hit 100 in the World Cup, I'm pretty sure. It might have been a warm-up game. Even if the numbers don't show it with his runs, I think the impact he's going to have on that team is is worthy of a top two signing. I'm shaking what you're baking there, Jugs. I like that. All right, let's move on to our last prediction here and that's player of the tournament player of the tournament now i've actually i'm actually predicting a double here i'm actually predicting all oh, equal player of the no tournament. no 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 hold your horses there cobber <laughs> so i've picked marsh to be the player of the final but i've also picked marsh to be player of the tournament oh <laughs> bison i just think that yeah, he is probably at the player. peak of his game right now. He's gonna my peak. <laughs> he's gonna have a uh, full tournament here. He's gonna have a really clear objective over the next couple of months, and that's gonna be big bash. He's gonna have full focus on that. He's gonna be bowling. He's gonna be batting three. I just think that he's going to dominate this year's big bash, and I think that's gonna result in him being player of the tournament. I really hope he does bowl too, because you look at that side. They've got Berendorf, Ty Richardson, three quicks. Then you got. Agar and Hatsoglu, mm-hmm. two spinners. And even if they wanted to play one spinner, you've got blokes like Kelly and Morris that are guns and killing it. They can come in. So you've got to have four quicks. Then you've got Marsh and Hardy. So I just hope Marsh does get some overs for your sake because there's a world where I reckon Marsh might not bowl much. Mm, I can see what you're saying. I just think they'll be able to utilize Marsh in really important parts. I think yeah. he's an experienced campaigner. I think he'll have to come on and break some partnerships some crucial ones or bowl in crucial uh, middle overs yeah, yeah. Um, just because of uh, the experience that he's had. So I think he will play a role with the ball. Maybe not as much as he's maybe used to, but regardless, when you're going to smash 80 not out every innings, I think um, he's going to be player of the tournament. <laughs> awesome. I cannot argue with that. He was the guy that I had up there, but he's been pipped at the post by perhaps one of the most underrated cricketers in world cricket. Brown Dog announced my player of the tournament. <laughs> You're not going with Henrique, so. <laughs> no. oh, thank gosh. I'm not going with Henrique. That's really funny that you said that, though. I'm going with my... That's really funny because I have a few favourite players, and this guy is one. 
Matthew Wade. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yeah, Matthew Wade was my second choice. I had oh. him down as my second. I had a couple of players. We said that to each other a couple of times. I had now. Abbott, Wade, and Marsh, but I've gone with Marsh, and um, I think I cannot argue with your pick either. I think Wade's going to have a great tournament. Again, someone who is always around the Australian setup um, for most tours. He's going to come back and have full concentration on the Big Bash. I just think he'll also have a, a really good tournament, so I like what you're doing there, Jugs, I think Wade's a great pick. Yeah, so a couple of things. Wade, first of all, I hope he's opening. If he's batting three, I'm still bullish on him, but more bullish if he is opening. Jeez, I hope he opens. He opened in the team that just won the IPL last or this year, and he's been batting, like, even in um, shield cricket, he was batting four. Like, he's just, they've just gone, all right, Wade, we now know you're only playing T20s for Australia, and now at domestic level, we're just going to, use and abuse how good you are and show everyone how good you are. So now I just reckon he's going to come back into this big bash and take his game to a completely new level. Plus, who captains the Hurricanes team? Oh, Wade. He's got a captain at Dundee. Yeah, yeah. And I hope he does because he's just such a good player when he's a captain as well. So bullish on Matt Wade. I had him very close to picking him for leading run score, but I just think that sometimes he's has a massive influence on the outcome of a game, but he doesn't have to score 100 or or even a 90 or 80. Sometimes he can hit a 50 off 15 balls, maybe not that little, at the top of the order and just breaks the game open and he's going to have guys come in below him that can do a job for, again, a short period of time. You've got blokes like Khan, David, Ali, who won't outshine what Wade did but still contribute to the game very effectively, if that makes sense. Brilliant. That's awesome. I think I've done the form. Good on you, Jugs. We've got a couple of things to touch base on before we wrap up. Number one, uh, on Monday, we will be doing our Instagram live. So if you have any questions about maybe the Big Bash, we've already had four or five questions roll through already. Mm, um, if you have any questions, questions there, yeah. please reach out. We're going to be going live Monday around 6.30 to answer all those questions, whether that's mental and emotional based, nutrition, Big Bash, skills and technique, whatever you've got, please flick that through. Number two, we have our holistic development coming up. Yes, we do. The school holidays are nearing. If you need something to do or if you're uh, interested in what we talk about here at My Peak, and that is the holistic development, think about anything that you can do to become a better cricketer that's not hitting balls, bowling balls, or catching balls. That's your holistic development. It's taken a, a different approach to training, perhaps an approach that you might not A, think is effective, or B, has a big influence but we're here to try and tell you that the difference that a holistic approach can have on your training, which will have effect on your game day performance, is enormous. And we've been lucky enough just to plow our way through Shane Watson's book and we'll do a recap for you on the My Peak podcast. But just the fact that Shane Watson said he retired from test cricket and he was nowhere near the top of his game, and that's a guy that <laughs> achieved a lot in his game, but he didn't get to the top of his game because his mindset held him back. So Shane Watson, actually, another quote out of the book was that the best training sessions he had was when he wasn't actually out on the field training. He would sit down and do some mental preparation, and that's what he gained the most out of. So this is something that you're listening to and want to be a part of. We'd love to have you at our Holistic Foundations workshop on December 22 and 23 at Howl Oval and uh, jump on our website for more details and register in the link provided. Yes, I think 
just to finish on um, Shane Watson's book, Cam has finished that. I'm probably two-thirds of the way through, I think. Cam and I have been preaching this way of holistic training for the best part of 18 months now, and it's been really good to read Shane Watson's view and just really reinforce and sort of cement what Cam and I know is right and what we want to try and help athletes um, achieve. And it's been a really great book to sort of work your way through. You, You fly through it because you're so engaged. Um, and Shane Watson's just done an absolutely brilliant job and just yeah, really cemented what Cam and I are teaching here at My Peak. So can't wait to see you guys down at the workshop. We're really looking forward to running through a bunch of different activities and, and really changing and hopefully revolutionizing the way that you train and approach your sport. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us on the My Peak podcast. We can't wait for the Big Bash to kick off. We look forward to interacting with each and every one of you throughout the Big Bash and reach out to us and let us know about your thoughts on the topics we discussed today. And we'll catch you next week on the My Peak Podcast.